0: Amen. Thank you, Lord. Stand with me while we go to the Lord in prayer before we get started. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Come on, let's just take just a few moments. Let's just enter back into that place that we were at. This is where we go, this is how we receive. Everything that God has for us, we engage in what He's doing. You play just as much a part in what happens in the next few moments as I do. You you and I play more of a role than what the Lord does. He desires to bless us. He desires to open up revelation to us. But it's up to you and I to engage what the Lord wants to do this morning. And so, Lord, as one voice, and one heart, we engage the Holy Spirit right now and what you would have to say and to do in this place this morning it's all about you Lord it's all about you this morning we reverence and honor you we worship you Father we thank you for your word Father I thank you that your word is not only a lamp unto our feet but it is a light unto our path. Father, it is the inspired Word of God. It is not a coincidence that Your Word was written over thousands of years by many, many, many different authors and the central theme that is woven from Genesis to Revelation is the Son of God and His redemption for mankind. Jesus. Say that with me. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. So I was reading this morning and I wanted to read it in the living translation. It said, For the word of God is alive and powerful, it is sharper than the sharpest two edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. And it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. I want you to pray this with me this morning. We're going to do it a little bit different. Pray this with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for recording your thoughts and your words and preserving them through the ages in this Bible. Today I ask that you change me because of the time that we spend together being exposed to this word as risky as it is I want your word I want your word to cut away everything everything in me that doesn't look like Jesus I ask that you expose to me in a greater way the fact that I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am a son of God. No evil shall befall me. His rod And his staff, they comfort me. They don't abuse me. They don't ridicule me. They don't criticize me. They comfort me. Because that's my daddy. He's a good daddy. I believe that today I will receive everything that you have for me. In the name of Jesus. Amen, 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 hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you Lord, thank you Lord. Turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning, that's where we're going to begin. We've been talking about gifts, we're into a season of of, uh, gift giving this morning. Hallelujah! This season that we're in, approaching Christmas, and uh, and so as we transition into that season of gifts, I felt like the Lord wanted to give us some insight into the gifts that He's given us. And we we talked last week about the gifts that God has given all men in Romans chapter twelve. We talked about the different gifts that will function inside and outside of the church, that simply function in our life because of what God has done for us and in us. He's deposited certain gifts in us regardless. And I say this in spite of sometimes what tradition and what religious tradition says. He has given us gifts regardless of whether we decide to serve Him or not. That's just the kind of good God we serve. He blesses us and gives us things in our life regardless of whether we serve Him or not. Because when God looks at you, when God looks at me, he doesn't see us as we are. He sees Jesus as we are. He sees us through the eyes and through the filter of Jesus. Amen. Come on, somebody should have given me a better amen than just Brother Like, Come on, he sees, that's good news. When you look in the mirror, you see yourself. But when God looks at you through the mirror, he sees Jesus. And he is sent such great gifts to us. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says this, he says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. (laughs) I have grown up in the church. I have uh, lived in the church when when I was my daughter's ages. I remember being at the church every time the doors was open. I mean, we was there. I grew up. In church, And I have been blessed to have been involved in many different uh, organizations, ministry organizations and travel and just been blessed. And, I, and I'm reminded of some of the most basic foundational things that sometimes are taught in church. Out of all of them, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that this is one of those passages of Scripture and subjects that a lot of churches steer clear from. <laughs> because they don't understand it or they don't want to touch it. Because when you begin to step over into these areas, you begin to rub up against some religious tradition that we've been taught that has not been correct. It's been wrong. How many of you in here believe that you've been taught everything right all your life, and there's absolutely nothing that the Word of God cannot shave off of you today? Anybody in here? Raise your hand. If you, if you are, we'll pray for you. Um. I believe that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And because of the environment we live in, I mean, Casey was quoting it. And he said that Jesus himself prayed, Father, I pray that that you don't take them out of the world. But that you keep them and protect them in the midst of evil. That you protect them from the evil one. We live in an environment where constant pressure, we're constantly highlighted. There are things that are constantly being exposed in our minds and in our lives that constantly challenge us to walk away from the truth of God's Word. And so as a result, we live in an environment that is not sanitary. Can I say it like that? But you and I have been sanitized by the blood of Jesus. And so now we are the the answer that the world is looking for. We are the cure that the world is looking for. And if you and I don't understand that, if you and I don't embrace that, then we'll leave this place today and we'll go out in that world and we'll just float along like the world wants us to float along. We'll float along like the enemy wants us to float along. And the truth of it is that God has deposited gifts inside of you and me that is for the specific purpose of bringing about his kingdom plan on this earth today. Not in the next generation. Today. For the kingdom of God. For such a time as this. The scripture tells us. Today you've been brought into this place. For a specific reason. And for a specific purpose. Now. I can't give you no better gift than that. That when God created you. And me. And when he formed you and me. He had you in mind. Specifically for today and throughout your whole life. And he deposited gifts in you for specific purposes and for specific reasons. You are not an accident. No matter what your parents have told you. No matter what society has told you. You are not an accident. You are a success going somewhere to happen. Glory to God. Somebody give me an amen on that one. You are here for a purpose. And so last week, I'm not going to go back over it. But you can get the, you can go online and listen to it. <coughs> Excuse me. But in Romans chapter 12, that's what he was talking about. We understand that God gave gifts. We understand that Jesus gave gifts. and We understand that the Holy Spirit gave gifts. Now, I'm going to go out of order a little bit. And I'm going to talk to you about today what gifts the Holy Spirit gives us. And then if we have time before Christmas, we may not, but if not, we'll hit it afterwards. We'll talk about the gifts that Jesus gave. But I want to specifically focus on these because I believe these are the gifts that if we're sensitive and we understand what they are and we're sensitive to what their purposes are and we understand how the Holy Spirit functions in these gifts, then we can begin to operate in them and we'll be sensitive to them in times of need, which is not just on a Sunday morning, which may be on a Monday morning at 9 o'clock when you... have you know, you've, you've stayed up later than you should have. You're not good, but the Holy Spirit comes upon you and he deposits one of these gifts for you to use for one of your coworkers or the guy across the street that needs his grass mowed, right? Amen? I'm still trying to picture somebody fighting their way out of a wet paper bag. I had that mentality. I could, I'm trying to picture somebody getting out of that wet paper bag. The point is that we're supposed to help. We're supposed to be part of the solution to help, and this is part of it. You ready? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Thank you, Lord. You believing with me? Hallelujah. I I want you to understand kind of three things before we go any further. I want you to understand three things about these spiritual gifts that he's talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Number one, I want you to understand who they're from. They're They're from the Holy Spirit. And if you understand who gave you that gift or where that gift came from, you can understand some characteristics of the gift. If the Holy Spirit gives us a gift, there are certain characteristics and attributes and traits that we can glean from that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Number two is I want you to understand what they are. What are the gifts? You and I cannot function, and we cannot covet the gifts if we don't know what they are. If we don't have an idea of how we can identify that gift, how can we function in it? And number three, I want you to understand what is the purpose. What's the purpose? If you and I don't understand the purpose of a thing, we'll never place value on the thing itself. Um, If you and I don't understand the purpose of listening twice as much as we talk, then we'll never place value on the act of listening. The Bible says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to wrath. If we don't understand the purpose of that, we'll never place value when it comes time for us to operate in being quick to listen. Well, let me use another example. If you and I don't understand the purpose of exercise, we'll never place value at six o'clock in the morning when it's time to get up and exercise. We won't place value on that. If you and I don't understand men, all the men. <coughs> All the husbands in here, if you and I, or husbands to be, I should say, right? If you and I don't understand the purpose of dating your wife, then we'll never place value on the act itself of making a point, making time to date our wife even after we're married. All the men in the room said amen. Amen. So those are the three things I'm going to try to accomplish this morning. Now, we're not going to get through all these gifts, but my heart and my my, my my what I felt like the Lord wanted to do was to expose these gifts in a greater dimension and in a greater way so that you and I would not be caught off guard and that we would recognize some of these gifts when they're in operation. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Say this with me. I don't want to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away by these dumb idols. I love that. I love that. The Apostle Paul was never one for social pressure. He would never bend to that. He would just set it like it is. You know that you were Gentiles. When you were Gentiles, you were carried away by these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Thank you, Lord. Now, I believe if he said he didn't want them to be ignorant, I believe the Spirit of the Lord says he don't want us to be ignorant. Now, I've read this passage for years, and one of the things I noticed here is that he says, you know that you were Gentiles carried away through these, by these dumb idols, however you were led. I've read that for years, and I never realized that Paul has given us, uh, um, he's given us insight into how we are to operate in these gifts. I, I have a phrase that I've said for years. I wish I could own it and trademark it, but it's not. I stole it from one of the men that speak in it, one of the great ministers that have spoken into my life. But the, but the answer is this. The answer to a 1,001 questions is be led. And these Gentiles were being led by saying, he said, however you were led, you were carried away by these dumb idols and you were being led. He said, but I'm going to give you something else to be led by. And so he begins to talk about the differences in uh, the spirit and how he leads versus how the world or how uh, the enemy leads. Now, church history tells us this. This is interesting. When I was studying this and I was reading this, church history tells us that some of these folks would come in to Christian assembly and when the spirit of God began to manifest, these people would yield to wrong spirits and say things under the influence of the wrong spirit. In fact, some of them would even rise up in services and when the gift of utterance were in operation and they would say that Jesus was accursed. Now, the word accursed means an animal to be slain as a sacrifice. Because of its association with sin, the word has an evil connotation. And it means simply that it is alienated, it's it's dead and alienated from God. So they would rise up and say, Jesus is dead, he's alienated from God, he's a curse. And Paul said, you know that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And that bothered me for years because I thought, well, how does an individual get born again? He said that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. You and I understand that. Can we we agree on that? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Say that with me. I don't wrestle against flesh and blood. What do we wrestle against? We wrestle against those things which we cannot see with our natural eye. Your enemy is not your boss. Your enemy is not your husband. Your enemy is not your wife. Your enemy is not your children. Your enemy is Satan and his rule and his dominion in the satanic realm and demonic realm. Now see, this is why it gets sticky. Because we as good old church folks, we don't like to talk about that stuff. Because it gets into areas that we don't understand. Well, that's what I'm trying to get you to see this morning. I'm hoping and praying and believing. You're believing with me to bring clarity to this and understand that you and I are spirit beings. That when we die, we leave this world, we leave this body. Where do we go? We don't go in the ground. Our body goes in the ground. Our body goes in the ground, but our real, who we really are as a spirit, we leave this earth. Forgive me, my throat's dry. and been trying to get over some of that stuff, so... Y'all be all right with having holes in my mouth, won't you? You understand. That we are spirits. Medical science believes and has come to find out that when you die on an operating table or when you die in the emergency room, these doctors and nurses will call you by name to call you back because they recognize and realize that not everything that we fight is in the natural, that there's a higher dimension that God has placed in us and it is a spirit being. And we don't understand it. You know why? Because we have spent trillions of dollars developing the human brain and developing the human body, but we have never developed spirit. We are spirits. Our spirits are in communion with God. And when an individual separates himself from God at the age of accountability, Paul talks about there was an age when I got, Paul said, when I came to realize some things and sin revived and I died. There's an age that comes that we all reach where we have to recognize, do I stay in communion with God or do I walk my own way? We are spirit beings. And so if we are spirit beings, we should be able to discern and should recognize the spirit realm. And as a result, Paul says, look, I don't even want you to be, I don't want you to be ignorant because there are Gentiles, there are, there are idols, there are all kind of satanic and demonic forces out there. He said, I'm going to bring clarity because I don't want you to be ignorant. One commentary says this, no man can call Christ Lord with believing dependence upon him, unless the faith is wrought by the Holy Ghost. No man could believe with his heart or prove by a miracle that Jesus was Christ unless by the Holy Ghost. Now wait just a second. Because we step over into a realm of uh, what they call predestination. And it's to believe that God has already ordained and set some to receive him and some not to receive him. But Casey by the unction of the Holy Spirit said this morning that Jesus himself said to God you know that we wish that none should perish And so we have a gap we have to try to fill and that predestination gap says that man really doesn't have a choice I beg to differ because the Bible tells me that if you believe in your heart it is with the heart that man believes And confession is made unto salvation. He said that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Well, how does an individual say Jesus is Lord? He says he recognizes in himself that he is apart from God and he needs the Lord. And there is a recognition, there's an affirmation that takes place in here. And as a result, the Holy Spirit comes in and he says, Lord, I receive you and says, Lord, you are Lord of my life. Let me give you an example. About 20 years ago, I was involved with a ministry that was on campus at Valdosta State University. And we went to Atlanta, a bunch of us one time, to hang out and to go to underground Atlanta. And we came, when we were walking around the streets of Atlanta, there's a lot of Jehovah's Witness. I believe it was Jehovah's Witness. It could have been Mormon, but I believe it was Jehovah's Witness. And they were talking With a bunch of our college students, and you know us, they were they were going at it. I mean, one right after another, arguing the word, arguing who was Jesus, arguing this, that, and the other. And they were arguing, and I came up there and I said, and this fits into what we're talking about. And I said, Lord, how can we convince? What can we say? And the Lord said, Take him back to Jesus. And so I went to him and I said, Do you believe in Jesus? And they said, Oh yeah, we believe in Jesus. He was a good man. He was a prophet. I said, okay, do you believe that Jesus was the only son of God? They said, no, I don't, we don't believe that. I said, say this with me. Jesus is Lord. And you know what? They couldn't say it. Because the Bible says that only by the Holy Spirit can someone say Jesus is Lord. Because when you make that affirmation, you have to have the belief system to back it up. You can't just say it. And I'm telling you, I have seen this time and time again. And even the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts, there is a woman that follows them around in in, Acts. It was in Acts. There's a woman that follows them around and says, Jesus, these men, yeah, here it is. Paul deals with an evil spirit in Acts chapter 16. I want you to go there real quick. Acts chapter 16 because I want you to show you something. Acts chapter 16, verse 17. Acts chapter 16, verse 17. This girl, okay, so verse 16. Now it happened. As, when they, as we, we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the, with the spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. The girl followed Paul and cried out saying, These men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she said for many days, but Paul greatly annoyed turned and said to her, Said to the spirit, notice that, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. There, there, is a, there is a realm that we battle that if we are ignorant of it, then it will continue to rule and dominate and run over us. Let me just say it to you that way. We have not the luxury any longer to ignore these certain principles and scriptures because if we are ignorant, then the, then the enemy takes advantage of our ignorance. The Bible says that we are not to be ignorant of his devices. And one of his devices is that he uses, is he tries to to take the spirit world and make it, ooh. You're talking about that spirit stuff. The Holy Spirit. Come on, it's not. It is not the way that they portray it. Your spirit is alive unto God. And when a man or a woman says, Lord, I I believe in my heart and I confess with your mouth, at that moment, your spirit is made alive unto God once again as it once was when you were were a babe, when you were a child. And we are not to be ignorant of these things any longer. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So he says that no one can speak and say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. That's a good indication that you know that someone is functioning in, in the, by the Holy Spirit is they are, they are pointing to Jesus. Let me say this. There are three principles, okay? We're talking about who they are from. They are from, these gifts are from the Holy Spirit. There's three principles I want you to understand, okay? Number one, the principle of conscious control. You must understand that just as he was dealing with the Gentiles and their dumb idols, you and I have to deal with some of these sacred religious cows that we've grown up and understood and been taught. The Holy Spirit will never override your consciousness. He will never override your own free will. I don't care how many people you've seen lay out in the Spirit. I don't care how many people you've seen run around the church or do whatever. The Holy Spirit will never overpower your free will. Never. He is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a dove-like, gentle, but powerful force. And it's a person. He's a person. He is not an it. I got it. No, you got him. Actually, you didn't get him. You fell into him and were baptized by him. (coughs) We talked about that a a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is living. He is part of the triune God and He is and has a force that He desires to empower us with but He will never, say this with me, never will He supersede my free will. He empowers. He does not overpower. The Holy Spirit will never take control of you and do something that you don't want Him to do. He will only do what you allow him. It is a supernatural force. He is a supernatural person, which means he takes your natural, uh, it's a, a one can put a thousand, two can put ten thousand, right? They've all said that. Okay, so when you buy yourself, you can put a thousand to flight. But when you marry this beautiful wife, and now she she brings the other nine thousand to the game. You understand what I'm saying? So now we can put 10,000, okay? You have your little percent that you bring and the Holy Spirit comes and he blows that thing up and now you function in your God-given ability under your power, under your consciousness, but it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that backs you up. It is you, it is not the Holy Spirit. In spite of you, it is you being moved and, and pushed and infused with power by the Holy Spirit. You have become a supernatural bionic person for the kingdom of God. Y'all remember that movie growing up? I remember watching it. The Bionic Man. <laughs> Y'all don't remember that? And the Bionic Woman? That's what it is. You become a superman, you become a superwoman. It is not fit. The original Superman was you. The original Superman was those on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came bless God and then you step out of that you step out of the phone book the phone booth and now you become Superman in the kingdom of God what's the kryptonite the kryptonite is you trying to do it on your own strength number two the principle that Christ Jesus is always glorified You ever walk into a service and you see a gift or what you think is the gift of the Spirit in operation and it ain't pointing to Him, leave. The Holy Spirit will never point to a man. The Holy Spirit will never point to a ministry. The Holy Spirit will always point to Jesus Christ. Now He may point to you to point to Jesus Christ. But if that person or that individual is not exalting Jesus, it is not the real deal. Because the Holy Spirit will always point to Jesus. He will always exalt. He will always say, Jesus is Lord. And the third and final thing that I want you to understand about the Holy Spirit is that the principle of Lordship. Jesus, okay, when he came, pointed to the Father. He said, I don't do anything or say anything unless I see or hear my Father say it. The Holy Spirit always points to Jesus and his Lordship. The Holy Spirit is always going to try to get you to bring you to that point where you make a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Always. Always. Every time. Because the ministry of the Holy Spirit was sent to bring people in to that relationship. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. The Holy Spirit won't, it has not changed the game plan. The Holy Spirit would say, repent and give your life to Jesus. So before we talk about any of these gifts, I have to get you to understand those foundational principles. Because if you understand those foundational principles, then when we start talking about the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits, you'll understand that they always are going to point to him. And they're always going to move you to him. They're never going to move you to me. They're never going to move you to somebody. They're going to move you to Jesus every time. Every time. All right, so what are they? Uh, There are nine gifts... Nine gifts. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There are nine gifts. You can classify these nine gifts into three groups. Okay? You've got the the seeing gifts. Okay? You've got gifts that see things. You've got gifts that do things. And you've got gifts that say things. Well, in this particular, what we're going to be talking about is really the revelation gifts. They reveal something. The gifts that reveal something. Okay? So what are those gifts? The gifts of word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Those are the three that we're going to try to knock out today. I took some time to give you some of that basic background And some foundational stuff because before we start talking about these you have to understand that the Holy Spirit will never take you over the Holy Spirit is always going to point to Jesus and the Holy Spirit is always going to try to bring you the purpose of a word of knowledge is to bring you to a place where you recognize that you need Jesus in your life as Lord or you need to rededicate or move yourself to that place he's always going to port to the Lordship of Jesus you with me all right word of wisdom Now, I'm going to talk about word of knowledge first because I believe that if we talk about the word of knowledge, it's going to help you and I understand the word of wisdom a little better. Therefore, I make known to you, uh, let's go to uh, verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God. Here he talks about the three different gifts. God's gifts, the Spirit's gifts, and Jesus' gifts. But he says, but they work the same by God. They work the same. All of those gifts are working for the same common good by God. All right? And he says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Say this with me. For the profit of everybody. For the good of everybody. Let me read to you. Before we get into the word of knowledge, let me read to you the message version. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it and everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. Wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. All these gifts have a common origin but are handed out one by one by the one Spirit of God. He decides who gets what and he decides when. You follow me? But I want you to understand that these gifts are to profit everyone. He's not going to give you a gift and it just profits you. He's going to give you that gift And it's going to profit everyone, okay? Word of knowledge. What is a word of knowledge? The word of knowledge is a revelation. Remember, these are supernatural gifts. So you can't think of knowledge in the way that you think it. This is not something that you can learn. This is not something that you can go to college and pick up. This is not something that you can be taught. This is simply a supernatural You know what that means? Supernatural. It supersedes your natural cognizant ability to perceive this knowledge. It is something that is dropped on you in the blink of an eye by the Holy Spirit. It is a supernatural revelation. Are you following me? By the Holy Spirit about certain facts in the mind of God. It is a supernatural revelation. You simply begin now. You know something that you didn't know, and it is about a person, a place, or a thing, present or past. That's what a word of knowledge is. You've got insight into something in someone's life that is about now or that has happened. Are you following me? That's what the word of knowledge is. And it's funny because you probably operate in this gift As the Spirit wills, and you and I don't even recognize it, know it. I'll give you an example. I hesitated to use this this morning. But if you didn't notice, we came a few minutes late this morning. Because as we were driving, I had a supernatural revelation that I left the coffee pot on. (laughs) And I didn't shut it off. Now, I could have made a decision right then and there. I could have said, you know what? That's probably just me. I believe, according to scripture, that was a word of knowledge. It was a revelation into the mind and the purpose and will of God for that specific moment that I had forgotten. Well, then the Holy Spirit reminds you? Yeah, he used a word of knowledge to remind me. He, it wasn't reminding because I forgot. I didn't even place attention on it. He said, The coffee pot's on. I saw the coffee pot on. I didn't hear it, I saw it. And I turned to her and I said, mm. she said, what? I said, I left the coffee pot on. And she said, well, you better turn around because it, it, we got one of these that we got when we went on vacation. You ever gone on vacation and nobody had a coffee pot? No, no, no. So we went and bought one of them real inexpensive coffee makers. Boy, I'm going to tell you all what, that thing makes some good coffee. For it, what was it, $15? It was like $12. It makes a good cup of coffee. But for $12, it don't automatically shut off. Uh, You know, you win some, you lose some. So I turned around and I went back. That is a word of knowledge. Um, There are times where you and I, okay, I'll I'll use me as an example. There are times when I'm around people or even at my home or sometimes in my other office when I'm studying and I'll see some of your faces and I'll know something. Now, how did I know that? How do I know that you're dealing or you're wrestling with those things? How do I know that? Because somebody told me? No, I'm by myself. Nobody said anything. How do I know that? A word of knowledge? Now, what's that word of knowledge for? The prophet of all. So, what do I do? I take that word of knowledge and I begin to pray. Are you following me? A word of knowledge is a revelation. By the supernatural, it's supernatural. You don't don't study it, you don't know it. It is a revelation into the mind and the will of God concerning facts about you or someone else, present or past. Uh, You'll be praying for somebody sometimes. Uh, You know this, you'll be praying. Uh, You know this, Miss Carol, you know this. Many of you know this, you'll be praying for somebody and all of a sudden you have a flash or a vision of this person and something they did in the past. And so you begin to pray for that person, for that instance, and they begin to weep, and you see bondages break right there. Why? Because you were given a word of knowledge about something that has transpired in their past, and it brings what? What does it do? Remember, what is the Holy Spirit always doing? That word of knowledge is not always bad. Sometimes it's good. Uh, I remember Jesus said, it is needful that I go because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter won't come. And he will show you things to come. Well, sometimes the things he shows us is not always bad. Sometimes it's good. He said things. He didn't say good things or bad things. He said things. A word of knowledge is the same thing. A word of knowledge will demonstrate you'll have a knowledge of something that you didn't have before. Listen to me this is for you not just in this church this is for you on Monday morning when you're at your office and you see that lady you're standing next to and you see instantly her father abusing her as a child and you're able to minister to her Mr Neva why? because the Holy Spirit put that on you to pray for her and now she gets delivered from that bondage because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood and now she gets delivered and gives her life to Jesus as a result of the Holy Spirit Operating a gift in her as he wills. This is not something that you can pray for. Lord, give me a discerning the spirit gift. No, it says he distributes to each one as who wills. Who wills? And what does it profit? Everybody. The word of knowledge is not the gift of knowledge. First of all, there's no such thing as the gift of knowledge. It's not even in Scripture. There's a word of knowledge, but there's not a gift of knowledge. Um, God knows all and reveals all, but He, doesn't re- he reveals it to us in a part. Uh, this will make more sense when we talk about discerning the spirits. But there is no gift of knowledge. We have the Holy Spirit that is activated in our lives, And we function and sometimes the Holy Spirit will show us things by a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or discern the spirits and then we are responsible to then take that and utilize what God has given us so that we can bring about His plan and His purposes. Um, This is not a profound knowledge of the Bible. Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth that's not what we're talking about you and I need to study to show ourself approved I've studied this and studying this this week I've gotten more revelation on it I'll never get all the revelation on it you and I are to study to show ourself approved but that's not how this gift comes this gift comes by the Holy Spirit as he wills. but it is not natural knowledge say that it is not not. natural knowledge supernatural it is not a knowledge that you can gain by being closer to God you can be close to God all your life and it's still as the Holy Spirit wills. now he may be willing to show you more things because he trusts you because he you have shown yourself to a workman that needeth not be ashamed you've done that's not what I'm talking about what I'm talking is it doesn't have anything to do with your spiritual badge and how many years you've been born again it's got nothing to do with it it's as the spirit yeah I think sometimes I know sometimes the Lord does that just to knock off us off our pedestal you know what I'm saying well I've been saved for 30 years and you got somebody who got born again five minutes ago and they're given a word of wisdom a word of knowledge and everybody's like how is that possible it's as the Spirit we, ye, wheels because the Spirit is trying to drive us to who? To Him. Not to us. I don't like chasing prophecies. We always, want, we always want one of these gifts to be in operation for us so we can see what we need to see and the whole time the Word of God is rightly dividing and cutting things out of us and we don't like to see it. No, we don't. We don't need to chase. He said, "Eagerly desire these gifts. Eagerly desire prophecy. Why? Because prophecy speaks something. It declares something." He didn't say, "Seek to be prophesied too." He said, "Seek why? Because he's trying to get us to cut the guy's grass across the yard." He's trying to get us to operate in these word in, in these gifts and I'm telling you listen to me I'm telling you he is more willing to give us these gifts than we want to function in them You're going to leave here today I say this by faith and because I sense the unction of the Holy Spirit. You're going to leave here today and you're going to get a word of knowledge, word of wisdom, or discern the spirits. Just because of the fact that you have now been shown and seen and rightly divided the word of truth in your heart. And you're going to leave here and you're going to see something, hear something, or know something. And you're going to be like, hmm? Let me give you an example. One more example and then we'll go to word of wisdom. The, um, John on the Isle of Patmos in Revelations chapter 1, it said Jesus appeared to him in a vision. And here we learn, you don't have to turn there, here we learn something about how the word of knowledge will come. And in this particular case, the Apostle apostle John saw something in a vision. And the, and the the Lord gave him a revelation about the seven churches in Asia. Okay? Now, although in Revelation. It is a book that we can apply to our lives and to our church. Those seven churches existed in John's time, but he was exiled. Number one, because they couldn't kill him. They'd already tried. They tried to boil him to death and he wouldn't die. So they just exiled him to the Isle of Patmos and the Apostle John got a revelation from God and got a word of knowledge and he began to write to the seven churches that he knew nothing about. He began to write to them about that word of knowledge. That's an example of a word of knowledge. You don't know it. You don't know how you got it other than God, but you got it. All right, so what's a word of wisdom? A word of wisdom... Is basically guidance to make a decision for future events. Say it that way. It's a supernatural. Anybody say supernatural? It's a supernatural wisdom. Okay? If, if, if word of knowledge is a supernatural knowledge, word of wisdom is a supernatural wisdom. You can't get it and be smart enough to get it. You can't figure it out. It is automatically. The, the, the Greek word for wisdom is the ability to put two and two together. That's what the Greek word means. It means to be able to rightly divide and put two and two together. You can just put it together. Some people are gifted like that. They can just take it apart and put it back together. Word of wisdom is all of a sudden you, had, you didn't even know there was a two and a two and all of a sudden it's together. That's a word of wisdom. It's insight into the divine plan and mind of God concerning you or someone else, your future, their future. Word of knowledge is about the past and present. The word of wisdom is about the future. And this is the greatest of the revelation gifts because it not only knows things, it tells you things to come. That word of wisdom is a word that you can speak. You're going to leave here and you're going to get a word of wisdom. I believe it. Because it is the ability that God gives that He puts in you. And all of a sudden you're able to put it together and you see that thing clearer than you've ever seen it before. That's the word of wisdom. It's the best gift because it's a revelation concerning the mind and will of God for future events. It is not wisdom in the affairs of life. Okay? Okay. Um, Joshua said uh, when Jesus, I mean the, uh, God told Joshua, study to show thyself approved. Right? He said, he said if you will meditate. No, he said I'll get it right in a minute. He told Joshua meditate on this law day and night that you will be quick to do everything. Then I will make your way prosperous. When he said meditate on that word day and night it's he said I will give you the ability to put two and two together. it's, It's the ability to deal wisely in the affairs of life. How many of you want to deal wisely in the affairs of life? Meditate on God's word. That's how you get that. You meditate on God's word, and as a result, the byproduct is being able to deal wisely in the affairs of life. That's not what we're talking about. Once again, it supersedes your ability. It supersedes your effort. It supersedes your work. It supersedes your self-righteousness. It has nothing to do with you other than for whatever reason, unknown to man, the Holy Spirit wills that you have that right now at this moment. It is not something that you can turn on. You can't just, all right, here we go. Y'all ready? We're going to turn on the switch of word of wisdom. Ready? Go. You don't do that. It just happens as he wills constant, total dependence upon him. But he'll give it to you. Once again, I go back to John on the Isle of Patmos. The present condition of the churches was revealed to John through a word of knowledge and a vision, right? Then the Lord went on to give John a word of wisdom. The Lord told each one of the churches what to do in the future according to his plans and his purposes. You know what? I got a better one than that. Go to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. I'm fixing to show you something. Acts chapter 9. Is this all right with you this morning? We good? Everybody falling asleep on me? They're like, come on, Pastor, give us a word of wisdom. I would. If the Lord wants me to, I will. The Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Verse 10. Now there were a certain, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, he said, Here I am, Lord. That's a good response. Ananias, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias said, Lord, I have heard from many about this man. How much harm has he done to your, your saints in Jerusalem? And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call your name. But the Lord said to him, go for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. How did he know that? See, we read this and we think it's so distant. No, the Lord could wake you up in the morning and say, go to the Krispy Kreme in Jacksonville. Everybody said, thank you, Jesus. For there is a man named Steve, and I have appeared to Steve in a vision, and he needs you to talk to him so that he will come to the knowledge that I want him to come to and step into the plan of God. He could do that. And I venture to say that in almost, maybe not not everybody, but close to it, that he has given you some kind of vision, some kind of something. You've heard something, and you scared the mess out of you. You didn't know what it was. And then you see, it. you know, there's another word for that. It's called Deja Vu. No, it's called Word of Wisdom. <laughs> he gives us these things for what? what? Why did he give him that? Why did the Holy Spirit appear to Ananias and say that? Because without that, if he had not have been obedient, we may never have had the Apostle Paul and the forerunner of the New Testament church. But there he is operating in a word of wisdom. It's not about present events. He got so specific, he even told him the street and the man's name. I had had the Lord tell me one time when I was in Tulsa. He said, go to this quick trip. This was like a gas station. I don't know if y'all know what creature. It's got a flash food. I say it like that. It was like a flash food. He said, go to this quick trip. Because I had dropped somebody off. At the airport, and I was coming back, and he said, "Go to this quick trip." I mean, it was a very subtle, just go to the quick trip. I was like, "Okay." And so I went to the quick trip, and I saw a man. In in the, in my mind's eye, I saw a man. And so I went to the quick trip, and there was this man. Boy, you talking about? Phew. Now I'm like. <laughs> And so I began to talk to this man and I began to minister to this man and ended up leading this man to Jesus. Never had any connection with him whatsoever after that or whatever. But I saw that and I obeyed it. What was that? It was a word of wisdom about future events. I was in prayer one time. Me and some of us college. Because see, when you're in college and you're not married, y'all can just hang out and pray. So we all got together at Bible school and we started praying one night. And we started praying and I entered into a realm of prayer um, that I've entered into many times before since then but that was the first time I experienced a true intercession and I entered into a realm of prayer and the Lord had me pray for someone that I knew and I prayed them I believe out of death I saw them die and the Lord said if you'll pray for them." I'll let him live, and I prayed for this young woman, and she was she lived. She wasn't sick, but I. Well, how did I know that? I didn't know that. I didn't make that up. I wasn't sitting around thinking about no. I was praying, and all of a sudden I saw it, as if I was standing right there. And the Lord said, "Pray." And so we prayed. And luckily I surrounded myself with men who believed. And then we all jumped on that bandwagon and wore it out in the spirit. You know what I mean when I say wore it out? I mean we wore it. We took it out for, we beat it to death. I mean we beat it till we got the victory. Prayed that thing through. How did I know that? How did I know that? I've seen some of you and I've seen situations that you're in that ain't even happened yet. And I prayed for you. How? Not because of me, but because the word of wisdom is in operation. I see things about the future. And so I pray. I saw my wife 15 years, no, 20 years ago. I saw her and my girls and didn't even realize it and was praying for them. And then one day we were talking, one day we were eating, this was after we were married, and it was like a flash. The Lord said, you already prayed for this. And I was like, it took my breath away. Course, we were overseas and she was carrying a basket on top of her head. I still don't know what that means, but I'm saying I prayed for her and I saw her. I don't mean I could, you know what I'm saying? I saw you just see somebody and you don't, you can't really pick it out altogether, but then later on you meet somebody and you just feel like you know. I saw that and saw my girls. How did I know that? Word of wisdom, Brother Hagin. My, one of my spiritual fathers in the faith, probably the most influential person in my life, prayed right before he went home to be with Jesus and for him have, through a word of wisdom prophesied for the next eight years of what would happen. And every single bit of it happened. How did he know that? Word of wisdom. See, prophecy is the vehicle Come on, somebody. Prophecy is the vehicle that God will use to deliver a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. I'm not talking about the simple gift of prophecy. I'm talking about the prophetic gift, the the prophetic gift in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and the prophetic prophet of Ephesians that Jesus gave some apostles, some prophets. I'm talking about this gift. And the vehicle that he uses is prophecy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word of wisdom gives us the revelation. Listen to this, of the plans and purposes in the mind of God. That's important. Wouldn't you say that's important? That's why it's it's one of the great. Now, <clears throat> last but not least, and I'm going to close with this, discerning of spirits. Let me get on this one. What is discerning of spirits? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Are you a spirit? Right, so you have a certain uh, discernment about you because you're spirit beings. But there is a gift of discerning of spirits, which is what super. It supersedes your natural ability. It's supernatural. What is discerning the spirits? Discerning the spirits is being able to discern, being able to distinguish, being able to pick it out, call it out. Um the spirit or the manifestation that is in the, the, the supernatural manifestation that has taken place you're able to know it now here's where it gets tripped up a lot of times people will operate in this gift and use it in the wrong way let, let me say it this way let me tell you what it's not okay what let me tell you what discerning the spirits is not spur the, discerning the spirits is not having the gift of discernment Okay, there is no gift of discernment in the Bible. I can't find it. If you can find it, that's fine. We are given the Holy Spirit. We can discern certain things because we are spirit beings and because of the Holy Spirit. But the gift of discernment is not in there. The gifts of discerning of spirits is in there. Actually, um, discerning of spirits many times people call is really the word of knowledge. If you discern something in someone's life, it's really a word of knowledge. You're not discerning their spirit. Maybe you're discerning something that's in their life that's happening or has had. That's really a word of knowledge. A discerning of spirits is be able to accurately pick out what spirit is in operation. Now, for some of you who have never been around the spirit realm or are new to this, just go with me on this, okay? You watch, you shouldn't, and I stress this, you should not. But have you ever watched a movie that was a scary movie, the demonic movie, and it scared the pants off of you to such a degree where you had, I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Now tell me there ain't such thing as a spirit world. Fear is what? It's a spirit. And it will grab a hold of you by the nap of your neck and make goosebumps come off of you. But there is a spirit inside of you that is greater than that spirit. And that is what you wrestle with. Not against the natural. You wrestle against that spiritual thing. Okay. Discerning the spirits is being able to reveal. It's it's a revelation of what spirit is in operation at that specific time. Um, You remember the example I gave you in Acts about Paul and the woman that was following around? That's He didn't speak to her What does the Bible say in Acts It says he spoke to it And said come out Well she was saying all the right things Listen you can say the right thing At the wrong time That's called a distraction God is a God of order God is a God of order Right now if someone was to stand up And begin to prophesy And begin to give a word of knowledge That would be out of order Why? Because right now we're not in that flow. Right now the Holy Spirit's trying to teach and that's what was happening. The Apostle Paul was walking and talking and this woman would just be, oh this is Jesus and she would just go off. She was saying the right things but she was saying it in the wrong time. How did he know that? How come he didn't turn around here and say, woman you crazy fool, get out of here. No, he didn't say that to her. What did he say? He didn't speak to her. Why? Because he recognized we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against Prince Abadi. What did he do? He spoke to that spirit. You understand what discerning spirits is. You, you have a perception. You see something. Let me give you an example, and then I'll wind this thing up, okay? Let me give you an example. I was in my office one time. And a man came to see me and to sit down with me to talk with me about some things. And as we were talking, all I can say is I saw what looked like a a dog next to him. And it had a leash and a collar. And now in the natural, he wasn't doing this, but in the spirit, he was petting that thing. And the Lord showed me that and I said, what is that? He said, that's the religious spirit. He said, you could try to cast that out, but he don't want it because he's got it on a leash. How did I see that? How did I know that? You know, children, let me tell you something about about my oldest one. My oldest one, uh, at a very young age, perceived something at one time. She saw something. She perceived something. She didn't know what it was, but she perceived it. How did she know that? Because her spirit is in tune with God. Her spirit was enlightened unto God. See, our children learn disobedience. They learn to be rebellious because of the atmosphere and the nature of the flesh and the atmosphere that we live. But they're not evil. When children die, you know where they go? They go to heaven. Well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, if if that's not true, then I don't know if I want to go to heaven. If that's the kind of God I serve. But that ain't true Jesus had such a love for children there was only two times that he rebuked people and when I say rebuke I don't mean stop I mean he scorned he raised his voice he rebuked them is when the little children was coming up around him and the disciples tried to sue him away and he said boy you better get your hands suffer not the little children to come unto me." he loves kids our spirits are in tune with God when we and you will see things and perceive things and you may not understand it, but you'll recognize it. There was a time when we were preaching in here. I was preaching and I was unaware of it because I didn't need to be aware of it because I had plenty of backup. But there was four individuals that came to me after that service about three years ago. And said, Pastor, there was a lady that was here, and she was not in that, she was not operating in that spirit. And they prayed, and she went back there in the back and she started praying. And these other women, and I had no idea. And I imagine to say, every one of us in here that was there at that time, it was totally unaware of it. How did they know that? Discerning the spirits. See, it was for the profit of us all. Say this with me: profit of it, of us all. It's for our good. good. Thank you, Lord. Everything, let let me close this up by saying this. Everything within the realm of knowledge, okay, whether it's a fact, event, purposes, motives, origins, or destinies, whether they are human, divine, or satanic, natural or supernatural, past, present, or future, comes within the focal range of one Or all of these gifts. And the Holy Spirit has given us these gifts. To profit us. All. He has not given us these gifts. So that we can go around and say. Well we are the word of knowledge church. (laughs) He has not given us these gifts. So that we can wear a badge of honor. And say I operate in the word of knowledge. That is not why he gives us these gifts. He gives us these gifts so that we can see somebody across the street that needs their spiritual grass mowed and we can go over there and mow it. That was a great analogy. I'm going to steal that. Can I have that? Trademark. It, that's, the, that, that's what he's called us to do. And the Holy Spirit will always, always, always operate on the basis of love, not judgment. Let me say this because <coughs> I don't want to step on nobody's toes. But I want to make sure we get all this out of the way. Sometimes you and I, we see things and we know things and we call it discernment. Most of the time it's a word of knowledge. All right? You will find that the power to discern faults in others is possessed not only by believers but by unbelievers. Now listen to me. I got to make sure I cover this before we close. These abilities, these gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to the church is not so you and I can point out the fact that their grass is knee high. He didn't even know what I was talking about this morning. Now, you tell me that's not the Holy Spirit. It's not, nobody needs a gift of discernment. Everybody riding by the street can see the grass is knee high. That doesn't take a revelation. the gift of discerning people's faults is not really a gift, it's a curse. And if you feel like you have that gift, then why don't you go home and look in the mirror for 15 minutes and I guarantee you after that 15 minutes, you won't ever operate in that gift again because every one of us have faults. Every one of us are working out our salvation. Every one of us are doing this. The gifts are not to publicly embarrass somebody. Now I say that with all odds, the power of the Holy Spirit within me, He never wants to embarrass anybody. He does everything He can to prevent from us being embarrassed. It is only when our sin finds us out that we become embarrassed and then we blame God. No. That's not what this is. Discerning of spirits, word of wisdom, word of knowledge is not to uncover, but to cover. It's bringing people to a place where they recognize they need the Lordship of Jesus in their life. Are you following me? Stand with me. (coughs) Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. What are these gifts for? They're gifts. The very definition of a gift is getting something you didn't earn. It's not something that you, it's not a reward. It's something that was simply given to you because of the love of the person that's giving it. If you have been given a gift and there's an expectation that comes along with that gift, that's not a gift. If you've been given something but you got to pay it back, that's not a gift. A gift the Holy Spirit gives us is a gift that is without anything to do on your part. It has nothing to do with you or I. It has absolutely nothing to do with your salvation or how good or how bad you are. It has everything to do with His love for you and for me. And these gifts, Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant. Why? Because God's desire is for us to operate in these gifts. Often, Paul said in 1 Corinthians, he said eagerly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Why? Because it brings such a help. It brings edification, exhortation, and comfort. Why does he tell us? He says eagerly desire. That means to run after with all your might and with all your fervor and with all your strength and grab a hold of that thing and say, I want it. Not for me, but for the good of all. That's what he said. Not my words, but the Apostle Paul words inspired by the Holy Spirit written to you and to me. We are to desire these. Well, you know what? I have found in my ministry, I should say my ministry, in the ministry that God has called me to, can I say it like that? I have found that in my life, I see manifestations of things in my life that I believe and preach about. I was talking with somebody one time, and they said, I don't believe in healing. Well, I do. And what's funny is you have a manifestation of what you believe, and I have a manifestation of what I believe. Well, I don't believe in that speaking in tongues mess. Well, guess what? You're not going to speak in tongues. It's in the Bible. You have a manifestation of what you believe, and I have a manifestation of what I believe. If you and I begin to understand what's going on and not be ignorant, guess what? These gifts will begin to operate in your life on a daily basis. How many of you want that? You eagerly desire that. I feel like I need to read that because some of you looking at me like, I don't believe that. Paul said, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. That word desire means to eagerly and aggressively with all your force and with all your might in all your power, you go after these gifts. And they're for the profit of all of us. But ultimately, the big picture can I give you a big picture? The big picture is for the world. He said, Go ye into all the world and make disciples, preach the gospel, and these signs will follow those that believe. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you as a family, as the body of Christ, saying we desire these gifts. We desire everything and all the things that you have for us. Hallelujah. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. There's an anointing here this morning for freedom. There's an anointing here for revelation. There's an anointing here for us to step out of some things that we've been in and to step into some new things. That was a word that came last week, and I believe that word is still coming to pass even today we're stepping out of the realm of being ignorant in how these gifts function and now with the help of the Holy Spirit I pray that I have kind of helped to explain and enlighten all of us in how three of these gifts really work in a very supernatural way but not always spectacular see we look for the spectacular sometimes and we miss the supernatural because the Holy Spirit is not trying to make a show for man he's trying to make a show for the world and when you speak a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or you have discerning of spirits in operation it is freedom for people it's a it's a stamp of Approval. It's a, it's a notification to them that God really loves them, that He cares about them. It's not about you in the sense that you're operating in the gift. You're operating in the gift because that gift is about somebody else that needs to hear that word or that knowledge or that discerning of spirit. It's for somebody else. Father, help us this morning. We give you the freedom to rule and reign in our life. We willingly give that up to you. Thank you, Lord. Now, if you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to do any of that. But I do want to pray with you. You've heard about these things. You've been been moved in your heart, and you want to make that commitment to the Lord. Or maybe you've run away from the Lord. Maybe you've been running for quite a while, and you want to come back. I want to pray with you. Can I pray with you? Every head bowed and every eye closed, because this this is the most important part of the service when we gather together. It's giving people the, the ability to acknowledge what the Lord has been working on them for the last 40 minutes. It's giving people the ability to really be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in their life. And if that's you, if you want to make that decision, would you just really gently slip your hand up? All I want to do is I want to pray for you. I don't want to embarrass you. I don't want to call you out. I just want to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. How many of you want to operate in the gifts and you you say, you know what? I've understood some things. I've seen some things this morning and I want to function in that gift even more. I want to be more available as the Spirit wills. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. I do. So why don't we just pray this together. Heavenly Father, I surrender all of my life, all of my will to your plans and your purposes. I yield to the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to operate through my life as He wills. I yield to it. Thank you, Lord, that you show me things to come. You reveal things to me. You opened my eyes to see things for the purpose of kingdom expansion. Jesus. name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just wait on the Lord just for a few moments. Sometimes we get in such a hurry Because we feel pressured to get out or to do something. Let's just enjoy being in His presence for just a moment. We only come together and gather together. Paul said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. We're assembled together here today. Let's take advantage of it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Some of you in here, I hear the Lord saying, some of you in here, you've kind of wrestled with these things because you've been taught to stay away from them because they're scary or because they've been done away with or so you've been told. But I tell you by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God that that's been a lie. That's not true. To say that the gifts of the Spirit have been done away with would be to say that the Holy Spirit has been done away with the Holy Spirit I sent to administer these gifts upon the earth and the earth is not over the time is coming when I will send my son to redeem the church or should say rapture the church to take the church out But until then, you need these gifts in operation to function in the level that I've called you to function. So embrace them. Embrace them because, number one, they're in my word and because I've given them to you. But number two, because the Holy Spirit bears witness in your spirit that what has been said and what is in the word is truth. Ask me, I hear the Lord saying, ask me and I will give you clarity beyond what you can get in your own. Ask me to reveal it to you and I will show you. I've said in my word, knock and I'll answer. Ask and you'll receive, but you don't have it because you ain't asking for it. All you got to do is ask and I'll show you. I am a gentleman. I do not force myself. But if you want to know, get ready. Cuz I'll let you know. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. You got anything you want to say? Hallelujah. Uh, Brother Amsel, and Miss Denku, would y'all come up here for a second? They, they just got back from Israel. I got it backwards. Denku and Miss Amsel. Listen, <laughs> y'all try to memorize their name. How about that? This is Denku, Mister Denku, right? And Miss Amso. And they just got back from. Uh, they just got back from Israel, and they got a gift for us, for you guys. And so I wanted them to share a little bit about that. And uh, who knows, maybe word of wisdom or word or not. We don't know. Why don't you share something with us and and then dismiss Um, us in prayer. Would you do that?
1: Okay. Uh, My wife travels a lot. Her job takes us around. And uh, I have traveled a lot in my youth days. But in my old uh, age, I just do not want to travel so she usually says asks what do you want to go what do you want to see i say mm-hmm. and then I, if i want to go outside anywhere i've been here in the u.s 25 years by the way originally went from ethiopia if i want to go abroad anywhere it's israel i want to go to jerusalem So, we have, uh, we watch on Friday's uh, TBN, and Sid Roth has a program called Supernatural. What <laughs> he says, my life is naturally supernatural. So, uh, we saw about a couple of months ago, or maybe three months ago now, uh, where he advertised or said that he was taking a a group to Jerusalem it happened it was just a perfect fit for us and so we're registered so that's how we went and they tell us that when you go to Jerusalem when you go to Israel how many of you have heard about 3d printing anybody has heard about 3d printing so 3d printing is when normally when you go to print a picture you get it flat right Nowadays, they have technology where they can produce this thing in three dimensions, in one piece. That's 3D printing. So they say that when you go to Jerusalem, if you go to Israel, it's like bring the Bible into 3D. And to me, that was not only the landscape, um, but the whole thing was just surreal and and, and unbelievable. Um, In one of the programs when you have we have 360 people in this group, nine buses every day taking us out and taking us back. And so it's very structured. So outside of dinner one time we are just about go to our rooms and A lady we met said, you know, you can come in and join us. We have, uh, we talk a lot more about the Bible, et cetera. So we, we went there. And then one person just stood up and had a word of knowledge to me. He said, dinko, God says there is nothing you can do to make God love you more and there's nothing you can do for God to love you less I believe today this is a word for everyone here some of you struggle because of your past that word specialist by the way meant a lot to me because I, I know my background. It was specific to me. Some of you are struggling with who you are as a person, your past, what you've done. There is nothing you can do for God to love you less. His love is complete. Jesus said, It is complete. So maybe this is the reason we went to Jerusalem, was to reach out. Folks in this church. As we were worshiping, the other thing that I felt as we were worshiping and watching the worship folks, the worship leaders, etc., I just felt the reverence you have for God, the worship you have for God, the heart you have for God, your hands raised up, you have for God. It is the same as if it was in Jerusalem. This is Jerusalem. This is holy ground. Nothing limits God. His spirit permeates every air, every molecule that there is here. So he wants to reach out to you. He loves you. We have taken many pictures. We have taken videos. I would like to share that sometime once we are organized. to watch. But this is um, a Holy Communion cup that's made out of olive trees. And you see a lot of these in Israel and every uh, pilgrim takes this. And we just what can we take, what can we take and one place we were in a shop, we found it, bundled up 50 of these so I would like to give this to you you can keep these Um, and just from our love heart to you and be encouraged that God loves you can you pass that around please while we're doing that i just would like to pray a little bit father we honor you today father this is the holy place wherever two or more of you are gathered i am with you your word tells us so you are here lord we accept that father there's nothing coincidental in 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 your scheme of things in your economy lord you have a purpose for every day, every minute, when you partake your word to your people. So, Father, I just pray today that everyone here heard what our pastors taught us today. That that word permeates within us. And we accept your grace. We accept your mercy. We accept your love. That we ask operate in your spirit the gifts that you want to give each one of us, Father. So that we can go out and touch lives one at a time. One child, one young man, one elder person. Whatever the Lord wills. And so we go today, Lord, Lord, accepting that, accepting our commissions. And we just pray that your Holy Spirit be our guide. In Jesus' name, amen.